up here. All right. Glad you made it tonight, and uh, hopefully you can hear me okay. They told me that uh, the mic is set for uh, Brother Jeremiah, so if I start sounding a little bit like him, I just, you know, just, just bear with us. I guess it'd be good, right? It'd be great. Um, and so, um, anyway, they said, uh, they told me I had to use the, the pulpit mic, and I'm like, Listen, I have a hard time staying put. I, I can't just stay right here behind the mic, and I'll be like, you know, coming over this way or coming over that way. And they said, well, it's set to Brother Jeremiah. I said, well, that's it, fine. As long as they can hear me, it'll be fine. But uh, uh, an old preacher was dying, believe it or not. He sent a messenger for his banker and his lawyer, both church, church members, to come to his home. When they arrived, they were ushered up to his bedroom. As they entered the room, the preacher held out his hands and motioned for them to sit on each side of the bed. The preacher grasped their hands and sighed, smiled, and stared at the ceiling for a time. No one said anything. Both the banker and the lawyer were touched and flattered that the preacher would ask them to be with him during his final moments. They were also puzzled. The preacher had never given them any indication that he particularly liked either of them. They both remembered his many long, uncomfortable sermons about greed, covetousness, that made them squirm in their seats. Finally, the banker said, Preacher, why did you ask us to come? The old preacher mustered up his strength and then said, Jesus died between two thieves, and that's how I want to go. <laughs> I appreciate that one right there. Way to go, way to go. Leads me to another one. <laughs> Man. Sermon about lying. A minister told his congregation, Next week I plan to preach about the sin of lying. To help you understand my sermon, I want you all to read Mark 17. The following Sunday, as he prepared to deliver his sermon, the minister asked for a show of hands. He wanted to know how many had read Mark 17. Every hand went up. The minister smiled and said, Mark only has 16 chapters. I will now proceed with my sermon on the sin of lying. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And a few of you got that, but uh, anyway, it's all right. Take your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 18. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 18, and uh, uh, according to all my practice times, uh, we will be out by 8 o'clock, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I hope we won't, um, but uh, many times preaching to young people and are teaching young people, uh, I teach them that uh, one of the hardest things for a young person to do or not just a young person, I believe, I believe it's adults as well, is, is the word wait, to wait. Wait on a spouse, wait on a job, wait on this, wait, wait in the Lord's timing. One of the hardest things to do, I believe, for many of us uh, is, is to wait, is to wait. Uh, I had to practice that about uh, a month and a half ago, and uh, uh, I had learned in the past that I had made a bad decision, and uh, my... Uh, my TV went out at my house. All of a sudden, would not come on. And uh, I'm like, okay, man, LSU is fixing to play. I got to I want to watch them play. And what am I going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to get a TV. I went to Walmart, and I could hear me say, wait, 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 wait. And because several years ago, I made the mistake and purchased one. And uh, uh, I held off that night. Man, I was Googling every morning, waiting for the best deal possible on a 65-inch TV. I had a 55-inch. I wanted a 65-inch, and I thought, you know, upgrade would be okay, and, 
And uh, so I look every morning, and then I'd go to Walmart, then I went to Best Buy and say, hey, what's the best TV? And I know I don't want to pay that much. I want, I want to pay this amount right here. And, and uh, uh, finally, I just text Brother Smith. Is he here tonight? I don't know if he's here tonight. And I said, Brother Smith, do you work on TVs? He said, maybe. Depends on what the problem is. And uh, I brought it to him, $50. Got it fixed. Thank the Lord for that. But anyway, I waited. I waited. That's not the sermon tonight. Okay, that's not the sermon. But I believe this is another thing, another area in our life that uh, I, I believe if you're a, a young person, if you're a teenager, if you are an adult, it doesn't matter who you are. I believe this word right here is something that we all need and we all can apply in our lives at some time in our life. And that word is forgiveness. Forgiveness. If you look at Matthew chapter 18, we're going to read the story right now and we'll come back to it and uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it uh, often tonight. Matthew chapter 18 and look at verse 23. And as I've been studying going over this, I, I picture, okay, I picture a palace area, okay? I don't know about you when I'm reading this. I picture a palace area and the king's sitting there. All right, so in your minds, picture this as we read this. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife to be sold, and his children to be sold, and all that he had to try to make the payment. I know it says in the payment to be made, okay? The servant, therefore, fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me. I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me. I will pay thee all. Have patience with me. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then the Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou didst desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother that trespasses. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight, to be able to teach and preach this lesson. Dear God, I pray that you just be with my words. Lord, help them to be right. Lord, I believe this is a word that we all battle with. Lord, I pray that you would uh, speak to our hearts. Lord, use me tonight to be a blessing to the people that are here, people that sound of my voice. In Jesus' name, amen. I think it is impossible to go through life without being hurt. I tell the teenagers this often, 
that if you have not been hurt yet, there will come a time that you will be hurt by somebody. Whether it's a lie, whether it's uh, somebody telling a story about you, whether uh, you name it, the list can go on and on and on of you being hurt. To be hurt, to be wronged or treated unjustly is common. The biblical response, though, is forgiveness. The biblical response is forgiveness. Understanding God's forgiveness helps us to know that we can forgive others. And I know, I know it is easier said than done. It is easier said, oh, you have to forgive. We talk to teenagers, you got to forgive, you got to forgive. I know it's easier said than done. As believers, we must prepare our hearts and minds to offer forgiveness. We should learn to forgive like Christ forgave us. So why must we forgive? Why must we forgive? Well, because I have been forgiven. Because I, take your Bible, 1 John chapter 2. We'll look at a lot of scripture tonight, and hopefully you're okay with that. I had somebody last time I preached, man, it's like, like a Bible drill in there today. And uh, 1 John chapter, chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, and look at verse 12. First John chapter 2, verse 12 says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. For his name's sake. We see in 1 John 1, 9, right across the page there to the left, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Psalms 86. If you could turn over there. Psalms chapter 86. Psalms chapter 86. The Bible says in verse 5, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Why must we forgive? Because I have been forgiven. I have been forgiven. Have you come to the point that you do not remember when God has forgiven you of all your sins, of all the things that you have committed? The sins, listen, I look back at my life and I know what I've done. I know my life and God's been so merciful to me and he has forgiven me. How come I can't forgive other people? Why can't I forgive other people? What is it? Uh, Jesus Christ's death on the cross demonstrates how far God went to forgive. In comparison, there is no offense done to us that we should not be able to forgive. But we hold people in bondage, don't we? We won't forgive them. We won't forgive. What is it that you are holding on to that you will not forgive? Who is it that you will not forgive? What it has been done to you that you cannot forgive? Listen, you're thinking about them right now. You're thinking about that person right now. That person that maybe hurt you at one time. You're thinking about it right now. It's amazing that you accepted Christ's forgiveness for your sins, but you will not forgive the sins of others. Oh, we'll accept Jesus Christ and we'll accept his forgiveness for our sins. But heaven forbid that we would forgive other people. Heaven forbid that we would forgive people that have wronged us and hurt us. And yes, like I said earlier, it's easier said than done. It's amazing to me that God would forgive me. 
well, man, I look at my life and I think of what, how merciful he's been to me. And I, 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 why, how come I can't forgive other people? Number two, because God commands us to forgive. We talk about the commands of God and, well, God commands us. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 30. Verse 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted. What is the next word? Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. We see in Colossians chapter 3, a couple pages to your right. Colossians 3 verse 13. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. God commands us to forgive. You say, Brother John, it's easier said than done. Yes, I will agree with you, and I've already said that. The way people are treated nowadays, it's hard to forgive. The things that are done to people, it's hard to forgive. I don't deserve Christ's forgiveness. And because me recognizing that I don't makes it that much easier to forgive other people. I have recognized that I don't deserve God's forgiveness. I don't deserve heaven. I deserve hell. I know that. I understand that. And I have recognized that. It makes it a little bit easier to forgive other people. I've done stupid things in my life. And I thank God for 1 John 1, 9 in the Bible. I was telling the young people today, I think I've used that verse many, 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 many times, 1 John 1, 9. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm like, man, I hope there's not a time where it runs out that I can't use it anymore. I hope there's never a time where I just, man, I can't. Oh, that was your last one. Boom, you're done. <laughs> I hope it doesn't come to that. I don't think it does, okay? I'm joking. You can smile just a little bit. I know it's Wednesday. So how do I forgive? How do I forgive? I'm glad you asked. We see in Matthew chapter 18, look at verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. Take account or make settlement with, to take account there. Uh, listen, make a decision to settle your account. And we know, and I tried to do the math and try to figure out exactly, uh, you know, Google knows everything, and some of my students are like, ask Google, ask Google. And then they ask me a question. I'm like, why don't you just ask Google? I would, but Brother John, you don't let me have my phone in class. I'm like, shut up. Anyway, I'll forgive you later. 10,000 talents, approximately 200,000 working years, approximately 6 million working days, approximately $3.48 billion compared to $15. But that's some of us. That's some of us in our life. 
oh, they wronged us, and we, we want God to forgive us of all our sin, for all of our sin. We want God to forgive us, but we won't forgive Uncle Joe, Aunt Susie. We won't forgive them. Make, an account, make a decision to settle your account. Like the king, we must make a decision to settle the accounts with those who have hurt us. Make a decision. Next, realize Christ, Jesus Christ settled your account. We see in 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2. First John chapter 2 and verse 2, the Bible says, And he is a perpetuation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Verse 12, the Bible says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Man, thank God for that. Luke Chapter 23, you don't have to turn there. Verse 34, the Bible says, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they parted his raiment and cast lots. Realize Jesus Christ settled your account. The king who forgave the servant of his account expected the servant to likewise forgive others. We see that in chapter 18. Look at verse 32 and verse 33. Verse 32, the Bible says, then his Lord... After that, he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Man, when we accept God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ, we are enabled to forgive those who hurt us. We're enabled to. We're enabled, like I said at the very beginning, if you haven't been hurt, you will be. You will be. Are you able to forgive? Yes. Next, have compassion on the offender as Christ did when he forgave us. We just read that, I believe, in uh, Matthew chapter 18. Look at verse 27. The Bible said, Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. And forgave him the debt. The king chose to show compassion on the one who owed him a large debt. Likewise, we should have compassion on those who hurt us or sin against us. Who's wronged you? Who has hurt you? I guarantee if we went around the room, every hand could go up that you've been wronged or hurt at some time. We all have been. We've all hurt somebody. Realize the offender, or I'm sorry, release the offender from all wrong. In verse 27 again, the Bible says, Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. The Lord of the servant released him from a debt he could not repay. The debt was over millions of dollars. In the same fashion, we are to release those who have sinned against us or hurt us. True forgiveness will result in no longer having negative feelings against our offender. True forgiveness will result in no longer having negative feelings against our offender. Who is it that you're thinking about right now? You know, it's that person that you see as you 
is their name comes across Facebook or you see them walking down the hallway and you have that, that every time you see them and you just cringe. Man, you're just, oh, man, I just can't stand to see that guy. I had one of those at one time. It's a ball and chain around my leg. And uh, uh, I was practicing. I said, a ball and chain around my neck. I'm like, well, hopefully not, but it might be there too. But uh, around my uh, leg. And every time I saw them, I was like, oh, man, I can't stand to see that guy. Every time I hear his name, oh, man, oh, I, man, I know so much. He, mm. I had asked the Lord to forgive me. I had to ask the Lord to forgive me of that. I had to I'd go to the Lord and, Lord, I, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. I'm so sorry, Lord. You have forgiven me of so much. I can forgive him. Further understanding forgiveness. And this is, this is tough right here. Romans chapter 12. Let's turn there. Keep your finger in Matthew 18. Romans chapter 12. This is a tough part. Romans 12, look at verse 17. The Bible says, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Verse 19, dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. That's tough to do. We want to get even, don't we? We've been hurt some way, shape, or form. We want to get even. Man, what do they say? Let's say, let's meet me in the back alley. Me and you right now. Let's, let's just meet right back here. We're going to take care of this. Uh, uh, meet me behind uh, the barn. We're going to take care of this. Remember that justice is God's business. Whose business? It's God's business. Not yours. Not mine. And so many times we want to take it into our hands. So many times we want to take care of the business. we got to release it to God. Let understand that he has it. We should never attempt to pay back the wrong done to us when God clearly says he will repay. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Forgiveness is also an act of the will. An act of the will. We see that in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter, chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. You don't have to turn there. I'll just begin reading as soon as I get there. Romans 8 and verse 12. The Bible says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. God made a conscious decision to be merciful to our sins. Likewise, we should will ourselves to forgive those who have wronged us. We can decide to forgive even when we do not feel like we can forgive Obedience will produce the right feeling. Obedience. Forgiveness is an act of the will. This is a tough one as well. Pray for those who hurt you. Pray for those who hurt you. Well, we don't want to pray for them, do we? Matthew 5.44. Matthew 5.44, the Bible says, verse 44, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That's a tough verse to swallow. That's a tough verse. Pray for those who hurt you. Luke, Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. 23 verse 34. 
Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Praying for those who hurt, that hurt you will change your heart. Pray for those who hurt you. So what are some results of not forgiving? What are some results that we will have if we do not forgive those? Well, number one, we will become bitter. We become bitter. I, I, at camp, I think every year, I told you this last time I was up here, that I think bitterness could be preached on about once a month. We get a root of bitterness because we don't forgive. Because we don't forgive. Hebrews chapter 12 and, and uh, verse 15. Hebrews 12 verse 15. The Bible says, uh, looking diligent, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. When we are sinned against or offended, it is important that we quickly forgive the offender. I tell the young people all the time, all the time, you must forgive. We can't get bitter. We can't get bitter at this. We can't get bitter in this situation. Listen, it shows. It shows on your face, and it affects you. It affects those around you. It affects your family when we get bitter. Your face shows. When someone sinned against us, we will either forgive or become bitter. We will either forgive them or we will become bitter. One of the two. Sometimes we must forgive every day. Sometimes we must forgive every half day. Sometimes we must forgive every hour. Every time Satan tries to bring it up. You can forgive, and you can forgive, and you can forgive, and you can forgive. Why? Because he commands us to. Why? Because God has forgiven us. God has forgiven us of so many different things. We become bitter. Next, we will be tormented. The results of not forgiving, we become bitter. Number two, we will be tormented. We see that in Matthew chapter 18 there, verse 33 and 35, it says, Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. He was delivered to the tormentor. Tormentors were like modern-day debt collectors that were relentless. They followed and tormented those who owed a debt until it was paid. When we refuse to forgive, we will be tormented with anger and bitterness. You find somebody that's angry, probably find somewhere a root down there where there's unforgiveness. They've become bitter. I find a teenager, a young person, Many times when they're bitter, they're angry, it, and it goes back to a root of bitterness in their life. Some of you sit in this room, you deal with bitterness, you deal with anger. Is there unforgiveness? Is there unforgiveness? Have you been wronged? Next, we surrender control to the devil. We see Ephesians 4, Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 26 and 27. The Bible says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. If 
our anger is provoked because someone has sinned against us, we must take care of it before the sun goes down. And that's hard to do. That's not always easy to do. I've tried to make it a point. If I know that I've hurt somebody, I try to go to them and, and get it taken care of. Failure to do so will allow the devil to have place in our life. So how are you tonight? How are you tonight? Did the Holy Spirit bring someone to your mind that you need to forgive? Did the Holy Spirit bring someone to your mind, maybe several peoples to your mind, that you need to forgive? Maybe a spouse. Maybe an aunt, an uncle, grandparent, a friend. Forgiveness can be a process. We see in verse 22 of that chapter 18. It says, Jesus saith unto him, I say not until thee, until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Forgiving someone is not always a one-time event, especially if the sin is against us, is inflicted by a loved one or someone we trusted. It's not always just a one-time event. It's not just a one-time thing that we forgive them. You might have to forgive them, like I said earlier, every single day, every hour, every minute. Each time the emotional pain resurfaces, we are to forgive again and again and again and again. Forgiveness is a process. Forgiving does not mean that you will forget the offense. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 27. The Bible said, and the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Romans 12 and verse 18. Romans 12 verse 18. <clears throat> the Bible says, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live, live peaceably with all men. An all-knowing God does not forget. He chooses not to remember. Look at Jeremiah. I want you to turn to this one. Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. Look at verse 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. No more. Next, rebuilding a relationship is no condition of forgiveness. Rebuilding a relationship. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 27, we read that one. And look at uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 18. Just because you uh, forgive someone does not, is not a, con uh, a relationship, there's no condition for forgiveness. 12, 18, the Bible says, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Trust and reconciliation in a relationship can be lost through someone's sin against us. If the relationship is never rebuilt, forgiveness is still required. You say, well, I can't, re okay, I understand. We can't rebuild that relationship. 
But forgiveness is still required. We saw that at the very beginning that God commands us to. We saw that at the very beginning that God has forgiven us. <clears throat> what are the evidences that you have forgiven from the heart? You don't remind the offender of his offense. Well, you remember what this guy did to us? You remember what they did to us? You remember what they said? You don't discuss the offense with others. That'll shut down a lot of things in here, won't it? We don't discuss the offense with other people. You refuse to think about the offense in your mind. How are you doing tonight? Do you have something in your heart that you just, man, I, I've been hurt. But Brother John, the Bible says it commands us to forgive. Do you realize that God has forgiven you? Romans chapter 13 and verse 10. We'll look at three more chapters. Three more scriptures. Romans chapter 13. And verse 10. The Bible says, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. We see in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Philippians 4, verse 8. Most of you know this verse. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise. Think on these things. Think on these things. And we see 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Who is it that you need to forgive tonight? Who is it that you need to forgive? If we don't, that bitterness is going to set in. Anger. There's a time. It was... Uh, I don't know, 95, long time ago. That sounds like ancient years. I go to the doctor and I say, what year were you born? In the 1900s. 1972. Saving up for wedding, saving up to, uh, uh, I was going to get engaged. And that, the week that I was going to get engaged, we went down to St. Petersburg, Florida, down for a wedding. And my girlfriend, my wife now, was going to be in the wedding as well. And we went down there, and uh, I think she ended up on, there on maybe Wednesday. And uh, me and another guy were down there on Monday. And we rented jet skis on, on, uh, on that Monday. And, man, we had a time. Took the canals, went out into the Gulf of Mexico, just had a time. Sat, uh, Friday, you know, the, the groom's not supposed to see the bride. And they... Uh, they uh, we decided that, hey, let's rent jet skis and go out there in the Gulf of Mexico and have a time. And, and uh, so we went to, it was cheaper in the morning, so we went there about 10 o'clock in the morning and going to get from 10 to 11 and to, to rent out these jet skis. Well, you had to have a major credit card to be able to rent out the jet skis, and none of the guys in the wedding party had a credit card except me. Yeah, uh-oh is right. 
So I said, well, nothing's going to happen, right? So I'll put the deposit on mine. They're going to give me the cash. It's all good. They paid for it that way. We rented six jet skis, went down the canal, had a great time, went out into the Gulf of Mexico, jumped on the waves, just having the time of our life as six guys. It's all sitting there kind of together, and Wednesday of that week, I got engaged. Forgot I left that out. I'm sorry, baby. You know, that was the highlight of the week. It was. It was. <laughs> Forgive me, please. <laughs> so we're sitting there, and not the middle of the Gulf, but, you know, just... You know, you can still see land. We're sitting there talking, and, man, I took off. And uh, I don't know if I had mirrors on the sides or not, but, you know, you spin out on those things and have a good time. When I spun out, one of the guys, the groom, was following me. I did not even know it. And as I spun out like this, all I see is him coming at me like this, and I just dove off of mine. Boom! He hits the jet ski. I'm like, oh, man. I climb back on. side of my jet ski is crushed this way, big old gouge in the front of his, um, so I said, we've got to get these things back, so we're going down the canal, and his is getting deeper into the water, deeper in the water, we pulled over, dumped all the water out, got back on, made it back to the, uh, the dock there, and so whose credit card was it on? Mine, so all the damages we're going to be on my credit card. I was going to pay for them. Well, you know, I don't know about you, but when you rear-end somebody, usually whoever does the rear-ending part is usually at fault. And I'm thinking, hey, you hit me. I didn't hit you. So sought some very wise counsel, and the pastor there said, just leave Florida. You'll be fine. <laughs> Not wise. Not wise. So we did. Because he couldn't put as much of the damage on my credit card. Because, you know, at that time, you only had a $3,000 limit. You know, you weren't, you know, real old where you had, you know. Anyway, so I get back up to college, and it's summertime. And, like, Wednesday the next week, the dorm phone went, rings. And, and this guy, you John Matthews? I'm like, uh, maybe. <laughs> Depends on who's asking. Uh, hey, uh, I'm the owner of the jet ski place, and uh, you owe me some money. And if you do not give me that money, then I'm going to let the college know and this and that and whatever. I'm like, oh, man. So I had to, all that money that I was saving up for the wedding and for the, the, the next year, I had to withdraw it and give it out, pay for the damages. And needless to say, I, the, the groom, the guy, what I should have done, okay, this is off the record, you know, scratches from the CD or the tape or whatever, the 8-track is I should have just went by the groom's table and took all the cards. <laughs> That's what I should have done. No, no, that was probably wrong too. Bitterness. Bitterness. So I, uh, he didn't want to, he didn't pay, he ended up paying anything. I paid for it. And uh, he called me about two weeks later after their honeymoon, you know, called me and I didn't even talk to him. I did not want to talk to him. For years, I did not want to talk to him. For years, his name was brought up. I did not want to talk to him. Finally, the Lord convicted me of that. And I got it right, and we happened to be in Florida, and I called him, found out where he was at, and called him, and I asked him to forgive me for acting the way I did. I still think he was at fault, okay? And, but I am not bitter at him anymore. And that's a small thing. That's a small thing. 
But many of us, we sit in here, we go day by day by day. And we have that bitterness. We have that anger. We have that unforgiving spirit in our heart. That we are not willing to forgive somebody. And I think it goes back to realizing how much God has forgiven us. I can't help but realize how much God has forgiven me. We want to take things into our own hands. So who is it tonight the Lord has put on your heart that you're not forgiving? Who is it tonight the Lord has put on your heart? You will not forgive them. I don't care what happens. I am not going to forgive them. Really? But we'll accept God's forgiveness, won't we? But we can't forgive other people. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed.